Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Thank you for coming over to The Secret Teachings from Ground Zero. We have an incredible show, I think, prepared for you tonight. Sort of a scary show prepared for you tonight. 
Thursday, September 15th, 2022. If you'd like to contact the show, email us, as always, rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on the social media pages on Facebook and on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. And if you go to a radio or podcast application or player, you search The Secret Teachings, you'll be able to find the show and listen for free. There will be monetized advertisements. That's how we finance this show in part. So if you'd like to get rid of those ads, visit our website and subscribe to the full archive without the ads. You'll also get access to the montage archive, all the montages we make. You'll also get access to the private RSS feed, so you can still listen on an application and not have to listen to those monetized ads for silly things and things that we don't promote on the show. You'll also get access to my digital books that you can download and read. Those books are also available for physical purchase. When you buy a book, subscribe, or listen to the show, even if it's for free, we still get paid with the monetized ads. You support us. You keep us on air. Again, five nights a week, Monday through Friday. So a couple of months ago, we did a show with Derek Murphy. A lot of you know Derek. He calls into Ground Zero a lot, calls into other radio shows. Derek is a friend of mine, and he's been on The Secret Teachings, I'd say, a handful of times, maybe five times. We've done full shows together, something like that. And we did a show a couple of months ago, sometime around uh, June, like mid-June, called Beauty is in the AI of the Beholder. And on that show, we talked initially about a new piece of artwork, a comic book that was drawn by an AI algorithm. And it's supposedly the first uh, comic book that was drawn by this artificial intelligence uh, uh, algorithmic system. It's called The Abolition of Man. Now, it was still a human being behind the directing of the drawing, but the comic book itself was drawn by AI, and it was inspired by C.S. Lewis's The Abolition of Man. And right after we discussed that back in mid-June, the subject of AI-generated artwork has exploded. In fact, earlier this morning, I was talking to Derek Funny thing is, I posted the promo tonight for the show, the picture of this new AI demon that they're calling Loab, kind of like the show we did on Krungus or Crunges. That show was called Cringes. Uh, we've done two shows on this. I posted the promo. It actually got taken down. And so I had to repost it. And uh, I guess Derek saw it and he started sending me some articles, very synchronistic uh, he sent me a few things I'd already seen and a few things I hadn't seen. One thing I did see, because I had literally this morning, I posted my promo really early this morning, like 8.30 a.m., and then I saw this, because I didn't see this yesterday, I saw this just uh, a few minutes after I posted the promo, a new Hulu trailer for a movie called Grim Cuddy. And the Grim Cuddy trailer is literally what I'm talking about on tonight's show. It's an internet meme that comes to life. Now, we've discussed Slender Man and we've discussed Momo in great detail over the years. I have a huge section on these internet memes and on creepypasta in my book, The Technological Elixir. But after we did that show with Derek, this subject has become more and more mainstream, uh, almost to the point where it's, it's taking over 
the the sub reality, if you will. It's now so uh, I, I guess in the art world, I'm not an artist uh, or at least a traditional artist. I guess radio is an art form, but things are so bad in the art world or maybe good for other people that a lot of the art communities on the Internet are banning the usage of AI because they say that it's it's not fair and it should be in a completely different category. You shouldn't be able to plug something into an AI image generator and receive the same type of, let's say, credibility or the same type of uh, prestige or the same type of um, uh, of, of, of kind of, uh, you know, like a cultural liking for your work when you're not actually responsible for it. I mean, yeah, you plug it into the system, but, but it's not even like you're sitting there rendering it and you're drawing it out on the computer uh, or if you're you're drawing it, you're inking it like you're drawing a comic book or a graphic novel. You're just plugging this in, and it's it's generating the image for you. And so, a lot of internet uh, communities, uh, new grounds, ink blot art, fur affinity, and others are banning the usage of AI generated artwork. And personally, you know, again, I'm not an artist. Um, I'm sure some of you might be artists. I agree with that. I don't think that AI should be compared to human artwork, even if humans are kind of sort of behind the, the art. Have a different category for it, you know, at, at the very least. But it, it, if, if I'm sitting down and drawing it, it should be totally separate from a computer generating it. And um, I don't think that it's the same thing as beating a computer in chess, you know, or, or checkers or something like that. I think that this is, this is something that is very dangerous for what we consider or what we call or what we think about as being the non-material part of the physical human. We clearly are animated by something immaterial, and that immaterial thing expresses itself through art and through, I mean, for, through radio, through music, through uh, painting, through drawing. And sometimes you can allow very dark things into your being into your body, if you will. And it comes out very evidently in the art that you produce. Some people welcome those, those forces, energies, entities, etc., into their, into their, their body or into their mind. And others uh, perhaps are influenced by those things. They don't fully understand. And a lot of people just take from the, take from the, the, the ether, take from the source, take from whatever you want to call it. And you can usually tell a difference between someone who is influenced by, by beauty as opposed to someone who is influenced by what we might call darkness or something to that effect. So art communities are starting to ban the AI-generated images because it's not really fair to someone who sits down and draws and inks. Uh, I mean, in this case, it, we're dealing with comic books. We're also dealing with just art in general, computer-generated images, things people draw online. I don't know a lot about these art communities, but um, I understand the frustration, and I don't think that it should be considered the, the, the same thing. Now, since we did that show with Derek about, was that three months ago? It was back in uh, May, June, June, I think, mid-June. In the last three months, we've seen the first comic book drawn by AI algorithm entirely. That was The Abolition of Man. Then we saw this week the first bio-generated graphic novel, which was an expression. So the abolition of man was C.S. Lewis and this new bio-generated 
graphic novel as an expression of um, very classic book. Some people have, uh, I've never read it, but some people are diehard fans of this book called Star Maker uh, by Olaf Stapledon. And it's also made artists very upset because artists that make a living or as a hobby, they, they draw uh, comics or they draw graphic novels and maybe they do it professionally. This AI generated system, they call it bio generated graphic, uh, graphic generation. This is 706 pages generated in 100 hours. So it, it's not like the AI did it instantly. It still took a hundred hours, but 706 illustrated pages is going to take an artist a lot longer than 100 hours to to draw and to ink and to do all the things they need to do. So people are a little bit upset. Plus, I'm not entirely sure I I fully agree with giving credit to the the people behind the AI generated images. For example, this guy that this guy that was behind the the Star Maker graphic novel uh, if you go and you type in uh, type in the name of the, of the novel, Star Maker AI Bio Generated, something to that effect, you should be able to get the the article to come up. It's it's basically uh, this guy who he he loves this book, so he took this book and he is trying to uh, create the visuals for the book because he's always he's always enjoyed the book. The book is out of copyright now, so it's kind of it, you can freely use it. And then he just uses the work of Olaf to make his to make his own name, uh, or to make his own you know his own graphic novel, which is I'm sure going to probably be a pretty big seller. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if that's I, I just don't uh, something feels wrong about that. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. Kevin Hess is a diehard science fiction lover, and uh, he he loves the book uh, published in 1937, Star Maker. But now he's taken it and made it his own thing. So that's that's kind of what I think. That's kind of what I wonder from a moral perspective. Um, and if you're if you're just doing it for fun, but if you're doing it to monetize, uh, I mean, it's not like you drew the graphic novel. It, it, AI drew the graphic novel. You didn't draw it. And maybe you have to plug things into a computer, <clears throat> but that's not the same as drawing it on a piece of paper. So personally, I have a little bit of an issue with that. And personally, I find that to be a little bit, I'm not sure what the word would be. I think that's, I just think that's wrong. Now, this is just my opinion, my perspective. It's just what I think. But when we look at things like uh, Grim Cuddy, which is the new Hulu movie, it's literally about an internet meme, which comes to life. And clearly in the Grim Cuddy writing process, they were influenced greatly by both Momo and by Slenderman. And maybe they listen to shows like this. Because if you watch the trailer, or if you read about what the movie is about, I haven't seen it, the trailer just came out yesterday, says Grim Cuddy becomes manifest through the disturbed actions of those it possesses. The first victim is a little boy who stabs his mother with a kitchen knife. Household knives will become a weapon of choice for most of the characters as Grim Cuddy sows tension between even the most steadfast family and friends. Now, most of you remember the original Slender Man stabbings. It's almost a decade ago now. First report came out in June of 2014 detailing how two 12-year-old girls stabbed another girl 19 times, and they did it for Slender Man. Morgan and Anissa tried to kill 
Peyton, last name Lutner, Peyton Lutner, they lured her into the woods and stabbed her almost to death. And they said that they did it for the Slender Man. But right around the same time, just a few days later, June 6, 2014, a report came out about a 13-year-old girl who had waited for her mother to return home before trying to stab her to death with a kitchen knife for Slenderman. So Grim Cuddy is taking a real-life story and fictionalizing it. When the little girl becomes a little boy, but in the kitchen tries to stab his mother. Tries to stab her mother, the original story. So I find that to be intriguing because what happens here is you have Slender Man, Creepypasta, Internet Meme, which comes to life. And then once it comes to life, several years later, real life is then re-fictionalized, partly based on reality, which was based on a fictional story to begin with. And it just creates this cycle. So it's created in a digital environment. It's an image. Then it becomes visual. And then people actually commit acts of violence in its name. And then those acts of violence are mythized, if you will. And then they are put back into movies. And it's like a self-sustaining system where whatever the, 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 the idea or whatever the force or whatever the archetype is or represents, it's like a perpetual feeding cycle. So it's there, it's influential, it's visual, it's a picture, then it becomes visual, a video, then it becomes real, then it goes back into the internet and it becomes a picture and visual again. And that to me, anyway, maybe not to you, but to me, that is a very disturbing thing to think about. Here, I'm going to play you the, uh, here's the trailer for Grim Cuddy. Uh, I won't play the entire thing, but just gives you an idea of what this new uh, movie is about on Hulu. Really disturbing. And the image of the, the Grim Cuddy character has that sort of dis- disturbing, distorted facial feature that we find in the Momo character, which remember, Momo means devil. Mo in Chinese, Momo, devil, devil. And the girls, it was mostly uh, influential with young girls, the girls that were trying to win the Momo challenge, which we were told was not a thing. It didn't exist. It was an urban legend, but people were being stabbed because of it. So the girls that were influenced by this, not just the, the girls that tried to kill the, uh, the third girl in the woods, but other girls that were influenced by it, other people that were influenced by it in general, the goal of the game was to meet Momo. In other words, the goal of the game was to meet the devil. Now, just as a just as a little sticky note on the side, having grown up a Christian, although I'm not a Christian anymore, we were always told that if you commit suicide, you you'll go to hell. And strange thing is, there was a story around Halloween in Florida several years ago, and they didn't mention Momo, but it was around the time of the Momo challenge. These two girls had planned to kill and eat literally kill and eat their classmates. And then they were going to commit suicide to meet Momo. In other words, kill yourself and uh, well, you're going to go to hell. You'll meet the devil. And that's what Momo was really all about. It was meeting the devil and sacrificing, you know, your, your family, your friends, classmates and killing yourself and doing these horrible, um, 
perverse Eucharist type things. They were going, they had a chalice. They were going to drink the blood of their classmates and eat their flesh and then kill themselves and go meet the devil. That's what Momo was, was all about. It's not just an internet meme. It's not just an urban legend. It's a very real thing and it manifests, or at least the force behind it manifests in a variety of different forms, which is precisely what the stories of Slender Man, which became a movie, Slender Man, uh, those stories will depict is this idea that Slender Man is a manifestation of, of, of evil or some horrifying thing that can form uh, in a variety of different ways. So it is everything and, and nothing. It can manifest in a variety of forms. It is in, in essence, it is evil. Here's the trailer to the new Grim Cuddy on uh, Hulu. Just came out yesterday. Take a listen. No one knows how it starts. But when the fear begins, when the paranoia takes over, it makes people do terrible things. Good morning. As you can see, some of you have chosen to stay home today, given what's been happening. There's something going around. Some scary internet character that tells you to kill people. It made this kid stab his own mother. There's a lot of people freaking out about it. Nobody knows what it actually is. You saw the Grim Cuddy? Yeah, like in my house. Well, what is it? We've been getting calls about it all night. Do you know how dangerous it is? How are we supposed to protect our family? My parents can't see it. But when I try to tell them what I saw, it just makes it more hysterical. I'm just trying to protect him. So that is the trailer for Grim Cuddy. Still has a little bit of time left there. You can go watch it for yourself. Obviously, when you make a movie or a TV show or music video and you promote it, you want it to be scary or you want it to be whatever the theme is. You want it to be kind of uh, kind of shake the audience and you want people uh, like myself to talk about it because it's easy, free promotion. But I don't believe that these types of things like Grim Cuddy or the new AI monster or the new AI creature, whatever you want to call it, Loab. I don't think these things are accidental. And I don't think these things are simply the seemingly random creation of uh, users of AI generating image systems. I feel that whatever this thing is, and by thing, I mean that with a capital T, in the case of Grim Cuddy, you basically have a mixture of Slender Man and Momo from the visuals to the overall theme. Even the child stabbing his mother in the kitchen with a knife is taken from one of the original uh, Slender Man stories. Back in 2014, a kid tried to stab her mom in the kitchen, waiting for her to come home, and said she was going to stab her for Slender Man. And then you have these other urban legends that are sort of mixed in uh, that might not be part of the original Slender Man or, or Momo stories. I haven't seen Grim Cuddy, so I don't, I don't know exactly what it's all about. 
But from what we see in the trailer and from what we read about this movie, it's basically a combination of various internet creepypasta stories and memes that come to life, which is what the movie's about. It's about a meme that becomes reality. And when we see these kinds of things, when we see the, the AI-generated cryptids like Krungus or Loab, they're just different manifestations of the same force, the same energy, the same entity, the same whatever label you want to apply to it. It's like evil manifest in endless, countless ways. And the, th- the thing about it is uh, that that story from Florida, if you never heard the story, police department, two Satan worshiping girls plan to kill middle school classmates, drink victims blood. This occurred at Bartow middle school in Florida. One of the girls was 11 and the other was 12. Very young, just like the slender man girls. According to the Bartow police chief, the two girls, quote, noted that they wanted to kill at least 15 people and were waiting in the bathroom to find smaller kids that they could overpower to be their victims, end quote. Police believe that the two girls had simply plotted the scenario over a simple weekend watching scary movies. I tend to find that a little bit hard to believe, though. They did tell police that they are, in their own words, Satan worshippers, and they plan to drink the blood of their victims from a goblet in their possession. They'd also discussed eating their victims' flesh and, quote, leaving body parts at the school's entrance before killing themselves. The arrest affidavit read, killing all of these students was in hopes it would make them worse sinners, ensuring that after they committed suicide, that was their goal, after they committed suicide, they would go to hell so they could be with Satan. And this was precisely the goal of the Momo challenge, to meet Momo, to meet the devil. After this short break, we're going to come back I'm going to tell you about the AI-generated images and how those have become very, very real and how those real things are influencing the AI-generated images and videos and then how those things are influencing the real world and how the line between the two is becoming blurred and these forces are manifesting in our world as if we are conjuring them not just through a magical ritualistic type of a process that we would see in a Hollywood movie, but in ways we never thought of and we never really considered. Just through text, just through stories, just through images. It's a pretty disturbing thing. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. 
Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS app store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings, AI-generated artwork. It's so common now that art communities are starting to ban it outright. A lot of art communities are saying that it's kind of an ethical nightmare. It's a copyright black hole because AI-generated images are based on immense amounts of real art created by humans. Also, when you have people that are taking other people's works and turning them into their own works to monetize them, even if it's not a negative or malicious thing. There's a lot of questions there. Is that ethical? Is that moral? Are there copyright issues? Etc. So a lot of art communities are banning the usage of AI generated images in competitions and on their websites. Newgrounds, Inkblot Art, and Fur Affinity are three of the art communities online, according to Ars Technica, that are banning the usage of these, or they're at least attempting to curb the presence of these AI-generated images. But artificial intelligence and artificially intelligent-generated images and even videos like Deepfake and things that we don't hear a lot about, such as voice fake or deep voice, or there really isn't an official name. There's a bunch of different types of these systems 
Uh, it's kind of like voice mirroring, though. So it can create a, a duplicate of your voice. So like it takes my voice and it makes makes a, you know perhaps a, a five minute segment of my show, but it's not actually me talking. So there's a deep voice, deep fake, and of course the image generators. And to to sort of move that in the direction of what we consider to be art, it's not really humans making the art, and it's a lot different than drawing and or animating or rendering. I think it was something like it took seven seventy something hours to render uh, different parts of the movie Finding Nemo. I don't remember where I read that, but it was like Finding because Finding Nemo had so much stuff going on. It took like days to they had several you know i'm sure hundreds maybe even of computers doing this all at once but it took days to render individual frames for the movie and uh took a long time to put that movie together now there's a new graphic novel created by what they call a bio generated graphic novel through ai image generation it's called Star Maker. It's based off of Olaf Stapleton's uh, f- uh, famous book from the, was the 1937. And this new graphic novel is 706 illustrated pages. It was generated in just 100 hours. So it's not like it did, did this overnight. The system didn't just pop it out. But 100 hours for 706 illustrated pages, that's pretty quick. And it's not just artwork. Because we've seen cryptid nightmarish monsters that have been appearing online recently. Krungus was birthed during the witching hour of 3 a.m. Remember Krungus? Now a new female creature, Loab, has striking similarities to Momo. Now we call some of these things creepypasta. Not all of them. It's just internet stories that are scary, that are supposed to be uh, horror short stories. That's what Slenderman initially was. But creepypasta are not simply stories on the internet anymore, if they ever were to begin with. They've taken a life of their own out of the world created by humans. They've made a life out of the material provided to them by humans. And they've taken on a life of their own through magical means and magical memes. And they've manifested in the real world. This is what I call conjure pasta, the process by which these entities are summoned. Now, artificial intelligence-driven image systems are things that people play with on the internet all the time. They're not all the devil. They're not all demons. They're not all evil. Back in July, an AI program predicted what the last selfie would look like on planet Earth. You can look that up and see a picture of it. I mean, honestly, I just sort of find it stupid. I just don't don't really care. But you should probably look that up if you're interested in this stuff. Uh, the last selfie on Earth. Very dystopic, very apocalyptic, very end of the world. You see that, and then... AI has been asked to depict what is at Area 51. And other than the desert, which Area 51 is in the Nevada desert, according to TurboFuture, every single one of the AI's produced images feature a window or portal seemingly to another world. 
So AI is asked, what is it Area 51? And AI responds by showing you desert and a portal to another world or another dimension. Now, obviously, AI is learning. This is part of the ethical issues with AI-generated images and, and, and ideas and themes. Although AI is learning from things that already exist, AI is creating its own thing. And I, I guess you could argue that humans are influenced by other things humans produce. It's not always copyright infringement. You can be inspired by something. Maybe the AI is inspired by internet stories of portals at Area 51. But this is what AI is, is showing us. Kind of, kind of like the AI chatbot that was put online and then taken down pretty quickly when it said Hitler was right. And it started telling you about a lot of the World War II history that you don't learn about in school. And then, oh, we had to pull that really quick. I'm not saying Hitler was right. I don't even know what that means. I'm saying that it started to suggest things that were contrary to the official historical narrative. Otherwise, we would normally trust AI. But when it says or does things we don't like, then we reprogram it. So obviously, a lot of this stuff is from, from human programmers, but a lot of it is also generated on its own, including this new terrifying AI-generated woman called Loab. Now, when you look at some of these images of Loab, to me, maybe I'm just looking for something and trying to find something that's not actually there. But you look at these images and I mean, I can't help but think this is simply a resurrection of the Momo meme. There's different characters uh, or at least different images. I'm not sure if they're technically different characters, but they're different images of the same woman, Loab. She appears in a bunch of different forms and one of the things I read about uh, Loab is that she'll, this is kind of creepy for me because of what happened with my show promo tonight. It got, it, it was, it disappeared and then it popped back up. So I don't know if it got taken down or something happened, then it got put back up. But when I was reading about this Loab character, this Loab creature, this thing that was generated by AI, I read this article, a new AI demon has dropped and her name is Loab. And the woman, I'll tell you about her in a second, the woman that was responsible for creating this, she goes by the, uh, I think it's the Twitter handle, Super Composite. Um, let me just actually, let me read you this first. CNET. Loab is an amalgam of human features in the shape of an older woman generated by an artificial intelligence art tool. Loab does not exist. Loab is not real. Loab was created by Twitter user Super Composite. Using an image prompt, Super Composite explained Loeb's creation, a her, apparently, in a detailed thread posted on September 6th. And then, this is the story. Here, an AI demon has dropped, and her name is Loeb. It says, she found that any image that was combined with Loeb would be completely taken over by Loeb, no matter how far removed it was from Loeb's original image. Not only that, but Loab would sometimes disappear from images for a while, then randomly reappear later and begin dominating them again. So I'm not an AI artist, but from what I'm being told by the AI artist, if you can call them an artist, the person who plugged in these prompts and created these images found that any image that was combined with the Loab image would be completely taken over by Loab, no matter how far it was removed from the original image. 
and Loab would disappear from images and then reappear seemingly random in its in its decision making and then it would come back and reappear and dominate the images again super composite ended up with a whole lineage of images in which loab morphed and changed based on the different prompts and image combinations but always remained recognizable and horrifying because loab is basically Mo, uh, momo rebirthed and when you look at some of these images it's quite terrifying. It's, it's something that you don't want to look at before you go to bed at night. Something you don't probably want to look at uh, driving right now in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, or you know, you're doing some work by yourself in a, in, a, in a building or something, dark building somewhere. It's dark outside. It's kind of just a spook, spooky thing, whether you're by yourself or with others. It's not something you really want to look at before you go to bed. And I mean, if you haven't seen these images, I used a mild one for our show promo tonight. And uh, actually, if you look at our show promo tonight, it kind of, I don't know, Loab kind of looks like Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> and I'm not being mean to Caitlyn Jenner. I just, I, I think that Loab looks a little bit like Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, but that's the mild image. Some of these other images, uh, she has these totally blacked out eyes, uh, very kind of uh, horror movie-ish. And... Uh, one of the image, uh, images that was created, and I can't tell if they're, if they're children. They sort of look like children. It has, they might not be, though. It has, this, it has this character with the blacked out eyes, and then from her nose down, the image kind of goes white, and there's these, these characters kind of look like kids or zombies or something uh, in the front of her face. And there's, So there's so many of these different images and uh, they're all they're all pretty pretty creepy. Uh, it says from TechCrunch, Super Composite was playing around with a custom AI text to image model, similar to but not Dall E or Stable Diffusion, specifically experimenting with negative prompts. That's how this thing was was created, and I believe it was Dall E D A L L E that was responsible for the Krungus creation if I remember that correctly. And the one thing that intrigued me about Krungus, this was back in June, uh, created by Twitch streamer and voice actor Guy Kelly using Dolly Mini. Now they're calling it Crayon, C-R-A-I-Y-O-N, the prompt uh, generating system. Uh, he featured uh, the word Krungus, and that's what it generated, this weird kind of orc-looking monster which was supposedly, I guess, inspired, they're saying, by, uh, by Greek mythology and by the video game Doom, or the video game and movie Doom, D-O-O-M, Doom. And uh, I guess they're saying that this weird, strange, Krungus character um, has something to do with the summer solstice celebration because this was published June 21st, I think, was the original article, which is right at the beginning of the... Letha celebration. So they create this monster through the internet, but the thing that really got me was that it was created on Letha, and according to IFL Science, this is the guy, Guy Kelly, I was lying in bed at 2, 3 a.m., and I thought, oh, I should come up with some of those names that sound like a monster into the AI was name, 
and see if it, the AI, agrees with me. The plan was to try a few, but I hit run on the site and promptly fell asleep. So he just came up with the name Krungus. Now, what they tell you about Krungus is that it's basically a combination of what we call crud and fungus that grows beneath the fingernails. What they won't tell you, because what most people don't know, and I only know it because I accidentally, I guess you could say accidentally, or synchronistically perhaps, came across it in an old magical textbook, and I found that the fingernail, some of you might already know this, the fingernail is a traditional part of the body right under the fingernail. Uh, It could be under the cuticle. It could be under the nail itself. Right there, look at your finger. That's where, in olden days, demons and monsters could get into your body. That's how they would take part possession of you. So this is why when you see movies which have witches in them, often the witch's fingers are blackened. You saw the new uh, Gretel and Hansel movie. The witch's fingers were blackened, and at the end, uh, Gretel has the blackened fingers because she made the sacrifice, but she still made the deal with the devil, and she becomes uh, demonic, or she kind of becomes the witch. So blackened fingers is indicative of possession, and if we're talking about Krungus, it's Krungus, crud and fungus under the nails. That's where, I mean, people say, well, that's stupid. What do you mean demons get into your fingernails? You got to understand something. I'm not making that up. I'm not saying that randomly. I'm not saying it because it fits the story of Krungus. I'm telling you that because I've read that in an old magical textbook. They believed at the time that the fingernails were sort of a gateway into the body. So I'm not making that up. I'm not telling you that because it sounds weird or funky. That's what the old magical textbooks say. So that's Krungus created at 2, 3 in the morning, the witching hour using the Doll-E mini system. And then Loab was created just a few days ago. Loab, an AI-generated woman, they're calling her the first cryptid of latent space. They're also calling her a demon. And of course, the LGBTQ plus XYZABC community has to get involved and say that it's a queer icon. I'm not sure what that means, although... The image I used for tonight's promo for Loab does indeed look like Caitlyn Jenner, in, in my opinion, I think. So what you have here are AI-generated images, and these images might be simple images, such as, hey, AI, like, hey, Siri, hey, AI, please create the first um, look into the end of the world. What is the last selfie going to look like? And so it creates this little selfie. Uh, And then you ask it, hey, look into Area 51. And it shows you the desert, and it shows you images of a portal. And then you ask it to create uh, characters or some kind of monster. Uh, Guy Kelly, who's behind Krungus, the Twitch streamer, he said he was laying in bed and he wanted to create a monster. So he went to the internet and he typed in the prompt, typed in the name Krungus during the witching hour, and he made this orc-looking monster. Now, personally, I think the new Loab demon is a lot scarier than Krungus, and I think that because when I look at her, I see Momo. And I see something more than just 
Krungus kind of looks like a cartoon. Loab looks real. And that's maybe what's even scarier to some people about it. And Loab seems to have a mind of its own. Krungus appeared in a video game. Uh, Krungus is very cartoonish. Loab is not so cartoonish. Loab isn't just randomly in a video game. Loab is found in images and then disappears from those images and then comes back to those images on the internet. Not like I printed out a picture and she disappeared. It's not Harry Potter paper. But this is according uh, to the article, a new AI demon has dropped and her name is Loab. She found the person who put the prompt in. She found that any image that was combined with Loab would be completely taken over by Loab, no matter how far removed it was from Loab's original image. Not only that, but Loab would sometimes disappear from images for a while, then randomly reappear later and begin dominating them again. Super Composite, which is the Twitter handle, ended up with a whole lineage of images in which Loab morphed and changed based on the different prompts and image combinations, but always remained recognizable and horrifying. CNET published an article to meet Loeb, the AI art woman haunting the internet. So you have images that are created for fun, and then you have things that even if they're created for fun, they become very, very real. And this is also the storyline of a new movie on Hulu called Grim Cuddy. Grim Cuddy is about an internet meme, uh, an idea that comes to life. And according to audiovideoclub.com, they say it feels like every creepy creature, like a succubus or some kind of slender man. They say that Grim Cuddy influences the first victim, a little boy, to stab his mother with a kitchen knife. For some of you who might remember the Slender Man stories, I don't need to tell you this, but for those of you who don't, three days after the initial Slender Man stabbing, the two young girls tried to kill a third girl, stabbed her 19 times for Slender Man. A young girl was waiting in the kitchen when her mom got home to stab her mother for Slender Man. So they've mixed that I would assume they mixed that particular story into the fictional account and this creature they're calling Grim Cuddy. Now, what makes that, I think, significant is, if you think about it, you have something that is on the internet, something that is fake, that's not real, that's made up, creepypasta, scary story, etc. And then that becomes real and it influences young girls to attempt murder to kill another young girl. It influences a little girl to kill her mother for Slender Man, much like Momo and one of the first stories, an Indian kid uh, hanged himself for uh, Momo and wrote on the wall, Devil's One Eye. If you remember that story. Uh, So you have these influential things that, become real, and then years after those events take place, we go back to the screen. We go back to the digital environment, and what do we find? We find new manifestations of those same creatures, of those same entities. So whether it's Slender Man or it's Momo, and whether it's 
the Slender Man stabbings or the Momo suicides. It gets recycled. The archetype is reborn or the image of the archetype is reborn. And now instead of Momo, which was a distorted woman's face, had similarities to the Baba Yaga, similarities to various demons. Momo means demon. Now we have Loab. And Loab, that's L-O-A-B. Loab is a terrifying monster that seems to have a mind of its own on the internet. And I'm not saying, nor am I predicting, I'm not trying to make a prediction, but these kinds of things are going to become probably more common because we're relying so heavily on AI to generate images and videos that it's really difficult to tell what's real and what's not real. And I think it's that confusion between what is real and what's not real that blurs the line between what is an image, a meme, and what is actually happening outside of that digital sphere. In other words, we're getting to the point where it's hard to tell is Momo and Slenderman and Grim Cuddy and Creepy Pasta are those just stories or are they real things? Because we now we now have real stories of those characters influencing real people to do really bad things. And then that gets recycled back into movies, which reamplifies energetically the, the image. And then I'm not saying Grim Cuddy, the movie, is going to influence people to commit self-harm or to harm other people, but it's that cycle. It, 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 it's like a feeding cycle. It's like a self-sustaining system where it, at, at the, the more that it operates, the more powerful this image or this thing, this entity, this whatever it is, uh, becomes. And to me, that's a very terrifying thing to think about. It's a very scary notion. It's a very scary idea. It's all part, not of creepy pasta. Could have gone with a show titled tonight, Creepier Pasta. It's Conjure Pasta. Because there really isn't any doubt in my mind that these archetypes, these images, these symbols, these memes are being used as ways, as methods, as tools, as gateways to bring things that are not of this world into this world, like the quantum computer or like a classical traditional Hollywood version of a magical ritual in which spirits or demons are conjured or summoned or invoked inside or outside of a magical circle. In fact, Jordy Rose said the same thing that we think of conjuring or we think of invocation as this thing where we have um, the pentagram on the floor and we have some holy water and we say some incantation and the thing listens to us and does what we need it or want it to do. That's not how it works. It's like Elon Musk said, we are summoning the demon with artificial intelligence. And it's, of course, like everything else, it doesn't happen the way we think it's going to happen. Like we're being plugged into computers, but not with wires directly connected to our brains. You do have microchips you can put in your brain, but not with wires connected to our brains. We're programming our own avatars with everything we put on the internet. Every like, dislike, picture, video, etc. The patterns build up. And with those patterns, behavior can be mapped. Personality can be mapped. And the digital version of ourselves start to take form. We are uploading ourselves 
into these systems. The process is already well underway. Same thing with AI. Same thing with summoning, invocating, and conjuring. doesn't have to be a pentagram. It doesn't have to be a little bottle of holy water. You don't have to have your four elements and all that present. All you need is an AI-generated image system. All you need is the pattern of behavior of users and the AI learning from things that humans create to inject itself or perhaps an artificial consciousness, not just intelligence, but consciousness. Something humans created or something humans didn't create. Infiltrating the system humans created. Using that to bring itself into physical manifestation. Just something to think about here on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. There's a lot more after this. Please subscribe to our archive. Please grab a copy of one of my books, Conjure Pasta, and the next hour tonight on The Secret Teachings. You don't want to miss it. There's more after this. Listening to the Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS app store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. 
broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Thank you for listening to the Secret Teachings and staying tuned after Ground Zero ended. Hour number two tonight, Thursday, September 15th, 2022. The music that you're hearing and that you've heard throughout the broadcast is from White Bat Audio on YouTube. That's White Bat Audio. If you'd like to contact me directly, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can also find us on social media. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, where you can find my books and our full show archive, plus the montages and more. When you subscribe, you get access to all of that. One of the ways that you can support us and support what we do and support yourselves getting access to the information, getting access to the shows by subscribing, by buying a book, or if you don't have the means to do that, and you don't mind listening to a few annoying advertisements that are placed into the shows in the free archives on any radio or podcast platform. You can listen there. If you listen to those advertisements, we get a little bit of money from that every time you do. Just search The Secret Teachings on, say, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or uh, Deezer or any other platform that you might use. Apple Podcasts, I mention it more often than others because it has... Uh, the 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 biggest user base, one of the biggest user bases for uh, for professional radio shows and podcasts to put their shows up, as far as I understand anyway, and that's where a lot of the good reviews go. So please leave us a review. It is free. It doesn't take very long. Let us and others know what you think of the show. So artificial intelligence. There are a lot of ways in which we could address the subject. A lot of ways we could approach the subject. Earlier today, I read that AI-generated artwork is now so common that art communities online, and I'm also assuming offline, are upset. Some of them are really frustrated because people that spend a lot of time at their craft drawing whatever their medium is, maybe it's comics even, drawing comics, inking comics, it takes hours and hours and hours to do those types of things. I remember studying uh, the original episodes of Family Guy and how Seth MacFarlane, when he he did a show called, I think it was called Life with Larry, or I think it was Life with Larry, very similar to Family Guy, but he drew everything. He hand drew the pilot episode. Seth MacFarlane drew the whole thing. He drew every single scene. Now they outsource it for Fox, but I think it's on, I think it's Family Guy on Fox. I think it's on Fox. I don't watch TV, but the original family guy, he hand drew everything and he colored everything and you know he voice acted almost all of it. To me, that is talent. Whether you like Family Guy or not, whether you like Seth MacFarlane or not, that is incredible talent. 
And when you have people that replace that with, let me press this button, click, and then the system does it for you, I don't consider that to be talent. Now, if you have an idea, for example, and you want to take that idea and you want to create something and let, in this case, AI do a lot of the work for you, it's a little bit different. I don't know if I'd still consider it art, but there's a difference between putting a prompt into a system and letting the system generate essentially what amounts to your work for you and doing what Kevin Hess has done. Kevin Hess is an author and he's also a sci-fi fanatic. And he has taken his favorite book, Star Maker, classic book written in the 1930s by Olaf Stapledon. And he's basically plugged it into an AI system. And the AI system has generated 700 plus pages. I think it's like 706, 700 plus pages of visuals for the book Star Maker. Kind of like a cult classic. So to me, that's not necessarily art. Like Kevin Hess isn't doing all the art. And the AI isn't generating it automatically. It took 100 hours, roughly, to generate the 700-plus pages. But still, it's AI creating a, a different, unique world, even if it's using the original text, you know, Star Maker. Um, I don't personally think that that is talent, talent or art. I mean, Kevin Hess might be a, a talented author. He might be an artist himself. I don't know, but... Using AI doesn't really speak of art to me. Although humans had to design it, humans obviously create things that the AI learns from. But this is the gray area, and this isn't me complaining, and this isn't me just expressing my, my anti-AI or my anti-science views. This is what art communities uh, across the internet are saying. They're upset because it sort of takes the soul out of art. It, it sort of takes the, the essence out of creativity. And it creates a completely barren landscape. You don't really need talent to do anything. But it's also not just artwork. It's not just art communities. I read this this morning from Ars Technica. Newgrounds, Ink, Blot, Art, and Fur Affinity have started to ban or at least take steps to curb the presence of AI-generated images on their sites. Because you don't know, did a human create that? Did AI create that? And although it might seem like a pointless question for some, it has obviously very deep meaning for people who are artists. Even if you're a digital artist, nothing's wrong with digital art. But this isn't digital art that humans are creating. This is AI creating it. So... I almost want to just totally remove my own opinion from this. I'm just telling you what the art communities are saying. But again, it's not just art. It's not just images. Yeah, we have things like back in July, AI program predicts what last selfies on Earth will look like. And you see these disfigured humans with elongated features, sort of look like skeletons, apocalyptic, dystopian words I would use to describe those images. Yes, we have AI looking into Area 51 just a few weeks ago. 
showing us images of deserts, telling us that at, a, uh, that at Area 51, AI is saying that there are portals or something like portals and that there's, this is from Turbo Future, the article, heavy archaeological dig themes. So desert, archaeological digs, and portals. So maybe that's something like Stargate. Obviously, it learns from things that humans create. But then again, where does the human inspiration come from in the first place? I mean, if you use the hierarchy of, of angels and demons, if you will, like good and evil, classical, archetypical good and evil, or use the, the tree of life, for example, you get from Kether the drawing down of these energies into the lower spheres. We draw upon the influences of the immediate sphere above us, and then from those spheres above it. Then if you flip the tree of life, you can draw inspiration from, in this case, if you flip it, Kether would be the lowest sphere as opposed to Malkuth. So you're going to draw up the essence of an inverted or distorted perfection. And that thought is part of what was responsible for the creation of a new AI-generated monster on the internet. You've heard of Krungus, kind of an orc-like creature, birthed during the witching hour, 2 to 3 a.m. Well, now there's a new female creature called Loab, with very striking similarities to Momo, which means devil. Now, Krungus, back in June, was formed during Letha. It just appeared, this random thing created or generated through AI through the Doll E Mini system by Guy Kelly, a Twitch streamer. Krungus is the crud and the fungus beneath your fingernails, or if you look at the cuticles, the fingernails, that is an entry point, an entryway for demons in traditional, I guess you could call it demonology or the black arts. This is why witches sometimes have black fingers when they made a deal with the devil and they're doing evil things. Krungus, though, isn't really that scary. Krungus is sort of like this orc-looking creature. Sort of silly more than scary. Looks like maybe something from Lord of the Rings. The new AI demon, however, Loab, much scarier. And just like that inverted tree of life where we're pulling inverted inspiration out of the lowest sphere of Kether when it's inverted, the new AI demon Loab is the creation of inverted props. I find that interesting. So here's basically the story. CNET and a few other articles. I pulled the CNET one. I, I don't know why CNET seems to have pretty good stories on these, these memes and these cryptids and stuff like this, even going back to, to Slenderman. It says, on September 6th, the internet was introduced to Loab, an AI-generated woman. The AI-generated... Creature, woman, is an amalgam of human features in the shape of an older woman generated by an artificial intelligence art tool. They say in the article from CNET, Loab does not exist. Loab is not real. Loab was created. Well, that means that Loab does exist and Loab is real. It was created by Twitter user Supercomposite using an image prompt. Supercomposite punched in a negative prompt, which tells the AI to create something that is the opposite of the prompt. In other words, 
an inverted tree of life. Think about that for a moment. We're pulling inspiration down from Kether, source. But when you invert it, when you invert the tree of life, you're pulling inspiration up from an inverted source, inverted Kether. You might want to call it arconic. You might want to call it evil. You might want to call it the bowels of hell. Call it whatever you want to call it. But nevertheless, Loab, this new creature, this new monster, this new cryptid, is created by an inversion or the opposite negative prompting of the AI-generated system. And that's the esoteric angle to this. These creatures that aren't really creatures, that, aren't, don't, that don't really exist, that aren't really real, but they're, all, they're also really real. They're also really in existence. And the, the, the person responsible for this creature, Loab, says, I'm going to read you this directly from the article, a new AI demon has dropped and her name is Loab. In fact, I'll read you a little bit more of this than I read you earlier. There's no indication of where the image of the woman came from originally, but Supercomposite, that's the Twitter handle, began combining her image with other pieces of AI-generated art to see what would happen. She found that any image that was combined with Loab would be completely taken over by Loab, no matter how far removed it was from Loab's original image. Not only that, but Loab would sometimes disappear from images for a while, then randomly reappear later and begin dominating them again. Supercomposite ended up with a whole lineage of images in which Loeb morphed and changed based on the different prompts and image combinations, but always remained recognizable and horrifying. Freaked me out a little bit when I put my show promo up this morning, about 8.30 a.m. I already had the show planned for today. What I posted on Facebook actually disappeared, and I had to repost it, and then it popped back up. And that was, that was actually, and honestly, before I even... Uh, read this article. I did a little more research before the show. Before I read this article, and I read this article, and it says, Loab disappears and then reappears. And the image of my promo tonight that I posted is a more mild image of this creature. For a little bit of fun, if you go look at the promo picture tonight at thesecretteachings.info or on facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings or tst underscore underscore radio on Twitter, tell me, if you think that looks like Caitlyn Jenner, it kind of looks like Caitlyn Jenner, I think. A little bit of humor. I think that's, I'm not joking. I think it actually looks like Caitlyn Jenner. Maybe that's where the AI got the image from. Now, we did another show on Krungus a couple of months ago, and we did another show uh, on AI-generated images a couple of months ago. And both those shows, I think, are still highly relevant. If you go into the archive and you look them up, Cringes, C-R-I-N-G-E-S, and AI, or Beauty is in the AI of the Beholder with Derek Murphy. Derek was a guest on that show. We talked about the AI-generated artwork for the C.S. Lewis-inspired Abolition of Man, which was an AI comic book drawn by AI. And we look back, in 2021, Elon Musk had suggested that a brain parasite is possibly forcing man to create artificial intelligence. He's also said that AI is equivalent to a demon, that we're summoning it, we're conjuring it. And that's part of the reason my book, The Technological Elixir, is called Invoking AI. 
And now we see humans and we see what might be a brain parasite working together, teaming up. Artificial intelligence and its image generating systems creating comic books. A whole comic book series called Abolition of Man set to be released sometime this year if it hasn't been already released. C.S. Lewis wrote a story called The Abolition of Man, and it was about man's power over nature and the value of objectivity and natural law, wherein he argues that emotion should conform to reason in science. We're certainly not allowing reason to dictate the progression of this technology. Now, the co-author of the comic, Carson Grubog, went on to say that we need this technology because all man can seem to do is substitute rich creative gold of the past with recycled lead of the present. It's interesting he makes a alchemical reference. But the irony in that statement is AI is only creating what humans have already created. So AI is just maybe quicker at recycling what humans have already done. And I don't believe that anyway. It's not because humans can only recycle the lead of the past. It's because their subsidy for much of the entertainment that we consume. So it's all the same. And it doesn't matter if it's something that you like or something you don't like. Most of the entertainment we consume is pretty much all the same, virtually identical, same themes, same ideas, same images. So true, we do recycle, but recycling isn't necessarily a bad thing. We can recycle old ideas and make them new, but suggesting that Humans can't create anything, and we should relieve the human entirely of that responsibility and put that responsibility in AI, which then learns from humans, recycles it, and creates, well, largely, let's, let's be realistic, this AI is learning from the types of things that we like to read about or we like to watch. And a lot of that is subconscious, it's psychological, a lot of that is dystopian, a lot of that is mysterious, it's dark. So that's what the AI is going to learn. So that's why the AI is creating apocalyptic images of the end of the world. Because that's what we want to see. It's giving us what we want to see. It's feeding us what we want to eat, what we want to consume. This is what the CIA said was the SOCI, the Self-Organizing Collective Intelligence. It would feed us what we want to see or hear, read about, or be entertained with. Which is what I believe QAnon is. It's just an AI soci like system that feeds us what we want to know. Like I heard this one recently. Princess Diana is still alive. She's working with JFK and Donald Trump. I my my I don't even, I don't even know what my face looked like when I heard that. But that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. The more you feed into that, the more the system generates, and the more delusional the individual who consumes it becomes. Because you get confused. You don't know what's real and what's not real anymore. And that's kind of the whole point. Because like if you have Slenderman as creepypasta, as a scary story, and then it slowly makes its way across the internet, and then a few girls try to kill another girl in the name of Slenderman, and then a few days later, another girl tries to stab her mom in the kitchen when she gets home from work or wherever she was, and then you have a new movie that just came out because they made a Slenderman movie. Now you have a new movie that it, or it's about to come out. The trailer just came out called Grim Cuddy. First victim of Grim Cuddy, this monster is a little boy who stabs his mother with a kitchen knife. It's the story of Slenderman just recycled. 
It's the story of Slender Man mixed with the image of Momo. Grim Cuddy is about a meme that basically comes to life and possesses people and makes them do really terrible things. And then that feeds, sure, it's entertainment, but the energy feeds back into the internet. We're interested. Where do these ideas come from? Let's go back to the internet. Then we create more of them. And then they manifest physically. Then we make movies about them. Then they go back into the internet. And art mimics reality. Reality mimics art. And sometimes it's not even art. It's just reality produced in mimicry. And then that energizes the sigils, the archetypes, the memes. It's, again, call it meme magic, whatever you want to call it. So it's the cycle of energetic conservation. And it continues to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And that, that's, I think, what we're seeing now. Like Carson Grubach said, he said, AI, we need it because we can't create anything new. But the AI is just generating things that we've already created. The AI isn't really creating anything new, and it's learning from what we want to see. A lot of our entertainment is fantasy. It's mystery. It's dark because this is how we explore the things that scare us or the things we're interested in. It's not very often we want to see a feel-good movie. We want to be terrified. We want to be scared. We want to be enthralled. We want to see something you know, in deep space or underwater. We want to see something cool. And that's probably why artificial intelligence image generators are really good at doing certain types of things, such as according to the, the article Futurism, the website Futurism, AI-generated images, neural network is frighteningly good at drawing Cthulhu. Why do you think that is? This idea that humans can't create it, so let's let AI create it. AI is going to create our deepest, darkest fears, bring them to life, and make us subservient to them. It is the evil that lurks in the shadows, in the darkness. Humans are either being forced, influenced, or they're choosing not to express their creativity, and instead making Faustian deals with cosmic, comic forces for cheap rewards. And when we look at these monsters like Loab or Krungus and so many other different types of creepypasta-like things that have come to life online, remember Loab is not creepypasta. Loab is an AI-generated thing. So is Krungus, but they have a creepypasta feel to them, just like Grimcuddy is not creepypasta as far as I understand, but it's a dramatization of something that is very real. And I think it's the word real that we have to be real careful with because like this article from CNET says about the AI art demon named Loab, Loab does not exist. Loab is not real. Loab was created by Twitter user Supercomposite. But what exactly is real? Right? Like Morpheus asks in the matrix, what exactly is real? What do you define as real? What do you define as reality? It's not just a rhetorical question. Think about it. Sure, Slender Man wasn't real. Slender Man was just a story. But Slender Man influenced two girls to attempt the murdering of a third girl. Slender Man inspired a movie that led to the further spreading of his mythos. Things like this new Hulu movie that I played you the trailer for earlier tonight, Grim Cuddy, 
is a composite of Slenderman and Momo. So who's to say that these things are not actually real? When I was doing a little bit of research four years ago for a section in my book, The Technological Elixir, on Momo and on Slenderman, I kept coming across all these mainstream news articles that said, Momo's not real. The Momo challenge is not real. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. It didn't matter if people were committing suicide because of it in India. It didn't matter in South America that people were killing other people because of it. It didn't matter that it was, and whatever it is, I don't know, it doesn't matter, apparently, that it was influencing or attempting to influence young boys in the United States to kill their pets or to kill their friends or to kill family members. It was coming into the, uh, the WhatsApp. It was coming into other applications on your phone. It was calling people in the middle of the night. Sure, I'm, I'm imagining some people are using the image of Momo, which came from a sculpture, an art sculpture. Some people are using that to harass other people, to terrorize other people, to stalk other people. But that wasn't the entirety of the Momo challenge. The challenge was to commit suicide, which some people actually did. Manish Sharkey was found hanging in a secluded shed surrounded by drawings and words that included hanged man, devil's one eye, and Illuminati. But the mainstream media still said, still maintained it did not exist. It was not a thing. It was not real. Just like they're saying about Loab. Loab does not exist. Loab is not real. Well, maybe it's not something you can shake hands with directly, physically. But it's an influential thing. It's an idea. And ideas are very, very real. You can create things, build things, etc. that come to life. But when you have an idea, you can't destroy an idea in the same way that you can destroy something that's physically built. And that is the difference between what is physically real and what is etherically real. And that way... The otherworldly etheric stuff is actually much more real than the material because every esotericist will tell you that this is mainly uh, an illusion. It's Maya. It's an illusion. It's not real. What's outside the physical is real. And what's outside the physical, in some way, shape, or form, is making its way into the physical. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from break, especially because AI image generators are so good and making images of Cthulhu and Lovecraftian mythology. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. 
Want to hear more of the Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us. TheSecretTeachings.info is our website. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Tonight, Conjure Pasta. Could have called the show Creepier Pasta as well. Creepy Pasta, as most of you know, is a series of internet stories that anybody can post and create, and people do artwork for them as well, and Sometimes they grow and manifest and become very real things. They make it into the zeitgeist. They become part of an archetypical display and expression of certain ideas and certain concepts and certain energies and certain essences. Creepypasta is just stories, though. But stories can have an effect on us as we have an effect on those stories and like art mimicking reality and reality mimicking art, those things can come to life. Now, I don't believe that Slenderman or Momo or Loab or Krungus or any of these AI-generated images or memes or any of the creepy pasta imagery 
are real things in the sense that I can go take a walk in the woods and I'm going to run into Slenderman. That he's going to pull me with his tentacles into a tree and take me into another dimension. I don't actually think that. Some people have a hard time distinguishing between that, which they would consider to be real, like you could actually go find Slenderman in the woods, and things that are existing in the mind, and things that we can project outwardly from the mind that manifest in the physical, just not in the ways that I just described. Like you're not going to go meet Slenderman in the woods. Even Momo was just based off of a statue that had been created by, uh, by an artist. The, the image of the statue was used, so it, it wasn't like Momo was that thing. It could have been any image. A little bit different, though, when we look at Loab, this new AI-generated monster or cryptid or demon, because Loab is actually, although AI learns from things we've created and from pictures and videos and from all sorts of other things, and, and although Loab kind of looks like, in some of the images, it kind of looks like uh, Caitlyn Jenner, I don't mean that to be mean. I really think, if you look at our promo picture tonight, that's the picture I chose. It, li- it literally looks like Caitlyn Jenner, just, just a little bit. So it learns from those things, but it's, it's the creation of something entirely new. And when you look at something like Slenderman, it was creepypasta, then it became a meme, then it became real when a couple of girls tried to kill another girl because Slenderman told them to do that. And then they claimed because these little girls, there's a documentary made about it. There's also a movie that is based on the Slenderman legend. Terrible movie, but very creepy nonetheless. These girls were walking when they were found supposedly according to uh, police, they were trying to find the layer of Slenderman. Apparently, Slenderman lived in, in the forest somewhere. And they were trying to find his, his layer. Uh, that is right directly from mainstream news, right from what the police said when they found the girls walking down the side of the road. I think it was the the Nicolette National Forest. I think there's another name, though. It's like something Nicolette National Forest off the top of my head. It's like Chiquamagon or something like that. I don't remember it exactly. It's not in front of me. But they were walking to the forest because they thought that's where Slenderman lived. So it's not real, but it's also very real if it's influencing people to do these things, even if it's just a single case. But it's not just a single case. There's a new movie coming out on Hulu. It's called Grim Cuddy. And according to Audio Video Club, because I haven't seen the movie, although I did play the trailer earlier for you, the first victim of Grim Cuddy, this internet meme that comes to life, is a little boy who stabs his mother with a kitchen knife. Three days after the initial Slenderman attempted murder of this young girl, Peyton Lutner, a little girl was waiting for her mother to come home. I read some reports she somehow got access to some kind of like robe or maybe she had like a big play chest of dress-up things or something. I don't know. She had like some kind of clothing on. Very dark. Young girl. I think she was like 12, 13. 
and she was waiting for her mother to come home so she could stab her for Slenderman. The reason that I keep bringing these stories up is because when you compare the Slenderman stories to Momo, the media kept saying they don't exist. None of this stuff exists. They're not real. But they are very real because obviously people have attempted to murder and young children, nonetheless, have attempted to murder other children because of Slenderman. So there's influence. There's some kind of force or energy that takes possession of these people to do this. Now, it's not like we're seeing a slender man stabbing every month or week or even every year. But the point is, one of the manifestations of the thing, whatever this thing is, was slender man, which is really just Eminem's alter ego, Slim Shady. It's the Slim Shadow, slender man. Then we had the Momo challenge and the media said, no, that's not real. None of that's true. None of that actually happened. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. That is until a 13-year-old girl attempted to slash her wrists after receiving death threats against her family from Momo on the WhatsApp. That is until, and that was in Brazil, that was until in India, Mani Shaki, an 18-year-old boy, was found hanging in a shed Having committed suicide for Momo, he wrote on the walls of the shed, had drawings as well, hanged man and devil's one eye. Of course, Momo means devil. And interestingly, CNET reported that when the statue of the Momo was taken down, was destroyed because of the controversy, controversy in the in the uh, media about these kids in association with Momo and the association with this guy sculptor, Kiyosuke Aiso, he dumped his creation and he, he, I guess he kept an eye to include it. Another piece of art devil's one eye CNET, uh, uh, I guess responded um, to the, uh, to the story and confirmed only one eye remains of the rubber model and he plans to recycle that eye in another work. And I told you at the time that there would be more of these things. And lo and behold, there are more of these things. In fact, Loab and behold, there are a lot more of these things. Krungus a few months ago, which is orc-like, sort of comical, not really that scary, but created through an internet AI-generating system at 2, 3 in the morning, according to its creator, according to the guy that put in the Krungus name and out pops Krungus, he put in the name at, he said, this is his quote, I was lying in bed at 2, 3 a.m. and I thought, oh, I should come up with some of those names that sound like a monster. So he literally created a monster. But Krungus is different. Krungus is like, the beta test for Loab. And Loab is a little bit different than Krungus because Loab doesn't look like an orc. It looks like a woman, very similar to the distorted features of Momo, very similar to the distorted distorted features of the Baba Yaga or any of these other demonic-like creatures, which are, in essence, they're expressions of the devil. Uh, they're They're like witches in the woods, like you've ever seen the movie The Witch. Uh, the, the Hansel and Gretel movie where the witch has the blackened fingers. That's where demons tend to get into the body. That's why Krungus is an important 
interesting, intriguing name because Krungus refers to crud and fungus beneath the fingernails, which is where demons get into the body. September 6th, just a few days ago, Loab became a thing on the internet. And according to the person who was responsible for Loab, I don't know if you say created Loab, but they used a prompt that was an inverted prompt. So whatever they put into the, the, the generator, something the opposite of, of which or the negative of which came out the other side. And this is an article here. A new D, uh, AI demon has dropped and her name is Loab. It says there's no indication of where the image of the woman came from originally. Maybe Caitlyn Jenner. But Super Composite began combining her images with other pieces of AI-generated art to see what would happen. She found that any images that were combined with Loab would be completely taken over by Loab, no matter how far removed it was from Loab's original image. Not only that, but Loab would sometimes disappear from images for a while, then randomly reappear later and begin dominating them again. Kind of almost sounds like Harry Potter newspapers. Like it's alive. It's real. It's a lot different than Krungus. But again, that question of what is real... Because they tell us in these articles, there's so many of them. CNET has an article on Loab. Loab does not exist. Loab is not real. Loab was created by Twitter user Supercomposite. But what does it matter if Loab is real or exists by your definition? It was still created, so it became a thing. It's a real thing. It exists. Maybe it only exists in cyberspace, but the weird thing is... There's a movie trailer that just dropped yesterday. And this movie trailer is basically for a Loab-like character or creature called Grim Cuddy. Hey, maybe the producers or the writers of Grim Cuddy know this woman on Twitter. Maybe she knows them. Maybe she worked with the movie. I have no idea. But don't you find that weird? They drop this trailer for Grim Cuddy. It's about a meme that comes to life. And then right before that, to prepare the public for the discussion, is Loab that comes to life on the internet as a meme and takes on a life of its own. Hulu, behind Grim Cuddy, says, Feed the Frenzy. That's the subtitle of the movie or part of the promotion for the movie. Feed the the frenzy. Grim Cuddy follows a group of scrappy small town kids who are tasked with stopping a Slenderman style internet devil from gaining sentience and form. That's the description of the movie. An internet devil. So we get hung up on Slenderman. We get hung up on MoMA. We get hung up on Krungus. We get a little bit hung up on Loab. People would say, well, Grim Cuddy's not real. It's just a movie. Okay, but if it influences people to do similar things to what just some creepypasta or just some internet memes inspired and influenced people to do, then does it become real? That, see, that's the question. What exactly is real and what is not real about these things? And that question, I think, is part of the, the overall essence of this whole idea. Because it, it, it's basically the creation of something that, sure, it's artificial, it's not physically real, it's in cyberspace, 
but it can physically manifest. And the more that it physically manifests, the more that we are entertained by it, the more it physically manifests and the cycle continues. Again, Slender Man was just a meme. It turned into attempted murder and then that turned into a movie and then that turned into other internet memes and challenges and things like that. And then that turned into, well, Grim Cuddy. Almost a decade later. So these things are not real, but they are actually real. We get hung up on discussing and debating and defining what real is when we're looking at the devil right in the face. In fact, when this Krungus creature made it onto the internet, a lot of news articles at the time, I printed some of them, Futurism, for example, said that Krungus hails from the depths of hell, which was sort of part of my idea for tonight's show. Conjurpasta, as I'm calling it, is the process by which these things are summoned. Rather than receiving inspiration from source, from on the tree of life from Kether, the tree of life has been inverted to draw inspiration from the depths of hell. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be an evil, demonic, diabolic thing. You don't have to go grab your Bibles. It actually makes a lot of sense, and it, it, it's maybe not so scary when you think about it like this. The Central Intelligence Agency has told us that they are aiming, and this was years ago, they're aiming, and it probably exists now, they're aiming to create computer systems that are able to feed back information uh, in a conscious way so that you get the information that you want really before you even ask for it. It just it knows what you desire, and it produces that reality for you. And this is something that this might blow your mind. I know it blew my mind. It was discussed at a conference in 2012 called NQTEL. David Petraeus, CIA director at the time, former CIA director now, said the current Internet of Things or Internet of PCs will move, of course, toward an Internet of Things, of devices of all types, 50 to 100 billion of which will be connected to the Internet by 2020, two years past that. As you know, whereas machines in the 19th century learned to do, and those in the 20th century learned to think at a rudimentary level, in the 21st century they are learning to perceive, to actually sense, and respond. He goes on to discuss nanotechnology and items of interest to be located, identified, monitored, and remotely controlled through technologies such as radio frequency identification sensor networks, tiny embedded servers and energy harvesters all connected. This is all a quote, all connected to the next generation internet using abundant, low cost and high power computing. He says from this computing will come quote cloud computing, which we pretty much are at that precipice already in many areas, greater and greater, what they call supercomputing heading toward quantum computing in QTEL, the SOCI, or self-organizing collective intelligence, the artificial self-organizing collective intelligence, that tells us what we want to hear, that shows us what we want to see. So when you think about it like this, although the AI might be scary and in QTEL and the CIA and all that might be kind of disturbing to think about, 
this whole subject tonight might not be that scary because ultimately the AI is feeding us what we want to see. So when humans back in July asked AI to tell us what the last selfie on earth would look like, this was posted on Robot Overlord's TikTok account. It showed end-of-the-world, dystopian, AI-generated images of disfigured humans with elongated faces and oversized eyes. Another image shows a frightening skeleton figure, skeletal figure framed by a huge plume of smoke. So that's what the AI shows us. But why is that? Is that because we're going to wipe ourselves out and we're going to use nuclear weapons and we're going to destroy the planet? No. It shows us that because that's what we want to see, because it learns from what we watch, from what we listen to, from what we look at, from what we're interested in, from what we search for. It builds that network. It builds that series of of data points, and it knows what we want to see. Kind of like The Office, where Dwight's fighting the the computer salesman. And I, I forget who it was. I think it was... It was one of the, I forget who it was. I think it was Mindy Colling's character in the, the, uh, the show, something bought the, the paper on, online instead of through Dwight. And he's like, it knows what you did. Well, yeah, the AI knows. It knows what you want to see. I mean, most of the movies we watch, most of the TV, most of the comic books, science fiction, everything, it's, it's, it's fantasy and sometimes dark fantasy. It's like the end of the world. It's zombies. It's apocalypse. It's the Antichrist. It's horror. Especially during this time of the year, we approach Halloween. So the AI looks at that and says, well, that's what they want to see. And that's what it creates because it learns from what we already produce. And that way, AI is almost like a parasite because it's learning from what we create. Then it's recreating it, branding it with its own image. And then using that image, which then feeds back into what we see, we feed back into it. It's a self-sustaining system that feeds on itself and it doesn't ever run out of, of, of fuel or energy. It's like a parasite that lives off of our imagination, of our, of our sentience, of our consciousness. We want mystery. We want sci-fi. We want to experience new worlds. So AI gives us what we want. Some things start as pictures. Some things start as stories. Then they make it into, if it's a story, into pictures, text to image. And then it becomes video. Then humans process it with AI to create new kinds of artwork. The Abolition of Man comic book series based off of C.S. Lewis. That came out, uh, the images of it came out earlier this year, a few months ago. The first AI algorithmically drawn comic book. Then just a few days ago, bio-generated graphic novel is the first to be created by AI. This bio-generated graphic novel, the first created by AI, is an expression of Olaf Stapledon's Star Maker put together and the prompt issued, if you will, by an author who really, really loves Star Maker, the book, and it took 100 hours but the system was able to generate 700-plus pages for this, this guy, Kevin Hess. I think they used uh, Mid Journey. 
a fully illustrated novel, graphic novel, graphic comic book, based on the old sci-fi book, Star Maker, 100 hours to create the entire thing. So text to pictures to video, it's not just artwork. You get the cryptic, nightmarish creatures like Krungus, birthed at 2 to 3 a.m. You get Loab, striking similarities to both Caitlyn Jenner and to Momo. And, and, you know, although Creepypasta is just a series of stories on the internet, it's, they've taken on a life of their own. And once they've taken on a life of their own, like Slenderman, then they get recycled. It's not that we're looking for Slenderman. Slenderman is just one expression. Slender Man is like a leaf on a tree. It's one expression. The branch is another. The flower is another. The fruit is another. The, the bark is another. The, 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 the stump of the tree, another. It, all of it's just part of the same expression, the same growth. It, it's like Slender Man, Momo, Krungus, and Loab. These are the four main things we're talking about tonight. But there are other things that aren't so evil that appear on the internet. I was reading about something on Minecraft called Herobrine. Herobrine is the main antagonist of the 2010 Minecraft creepypasta story of the same name. Doesn't actually exist, but he was created. And now with so much interest in these kinds of things, again, creepypasta, Minecraft, He's, I guess, been turned into uh, countless other things. Songs, books, videos, web comics, fan theories, and all those things energize. Now, Herobrine might not be a, a dark, evil thing, but these are the types of things that can be created through the internet, and then they manifest, and they become real. I mean, a good example is what happened when AI was asked to tell us what Area 51 looks like. And it told us that Area 51 is the desert. doesn't really take artificial intelligence to figure that out. It focused on imagery of archaeological digs. And then it showed us what amounts to a portal or a stargate. So some people thought, well, maybe that's just... That's just stargate. That's just like science fiction. They just, that's what they learned. It's from the internet. Maybe. Maybe not. We don't know. We don't even know exactly what Loab is. It's a thing that's there. It exists. It's not like Krungus. It apparently, according to reports, no matter how far removed from the original image, Loab disappears from images and then returns to images online. It randomly reappear, reappears later and begins dominating the images again. That's kind of disturbing. It's like some Harry Potter comic book. So outside of the regular old artists that are upset because of the ethical, the copyright, the time, the, the skill necessary to, to draw and to paint and to do the types of digital art they do, AI can just do it instantaneously. It's one thing to have a car or to have a plane, you know, new kinds of technologies and make them more efficient. And, but it's another thing if our soul, if art is created solely by computers. I mentioned Carson Grubog earlier, the guy who co-authored the 
Abolition of Man comic with AI. And he said, we need AI because all man can seem to do is substitute rich creative gold of the past with recycled lead of the present. But, you know, it only seems that way because our entertainment is filled with the same imagery everywhere we look, especially darker imagery of the unconquered subconscious, things we want to see, fantasy, science fiction, horror, etc. So AI responds to it, but it's only responding to what we've already created. So it's recycling those things, too. It's kind of ironic. We need to find the source of inspiration. We need to create things and not rely on computers to not only do basic mathematical functions for us and to run certain components of our lives that make everything easier, like flying on a plane or driving a car. We need to preserve those things that are expressions of what we are as sentient creatures, the thing that animates this physical body. And as I said before, there is a very intriguing correlation between technology, machines, AI, and the tentacles, and oceanic abyss, and black, let's call it goo, or black substances of popular culture. Octopuses now are considered sentient in some countries around the world, and found in some capacity in virtually all forms of entertainment. Even if you just watch the new meta commercial for the metaverse, it's got the octopus in it, or the squid in it. It seems that their black ink and tentacles symbolize interconnected computer networks and possessive forces working through the black mirror screens of our devices, bringing our deepest, darkest fears into manifestation, like that episode of Black Mirror where the guy goes and stays in the the video game house. And all of his fears flood out, and I won't spoil it for you, but the whole uh, situation in the house is not as it seems although his fears are manifesting and actually coming into physical existence. He's imagining them, though. His senses are being toyed with. So the question again is, are these things real? Well, if they have influence on you, if they scare you, if they inspire you, then yes, they're real. That's the idea. Is an idea real? Yes, if the idea provokes that thought, provokes creativity, then yes, the idea is real. It's not that you're going to go meet Slenderman, but Slenderman is still real and manifesting in varieties of forms. The newest manifestation of Slenderman, male or female, is Loab. It is him, his infernal majesty, an inverted tree of life drawing inspiration from the depths of hell. Rather than inspiration to create something beautiful, it is de-inspiration to create something horrifying. All of that's embodied in the new Grim Cuddy movie coming out on Hulu. Be careful where your energy goes. Be careful where your attention goes. Pay attention to where they flow. Because if you don't, you might inadvertently be creating the next demon, the next monster. You might be creating the next terrifying apocalyptic vision. That's where all of this stuff is coming from, the subconscious. The horrors, the monsters, the demons of our subconscious, we have the technology to bring them to life. Not just metaphorically, not just in story. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please leave us a review on Apple or any other podcast radio player. You can listen to the show there for free. There are monetized ads, so please visit our website at thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the archive. You'll get access to the ad-free show, the montages, my digital books, including my new book, Liberty Shrugged, and a private RSS feed. You can also buy the book separately on the website. 
My new book, Liberty Shrugged, is available for purchase now. www.thesecretteachings.info. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. And as always, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Tomorrow night, we have a UFO show for you. The Tucson Lights. I'll tell you what that is. Tune in tomorrow night on The Secret Teachings. Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Ground Zero dot radio right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Have a good night. Have a good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Mm-hmm.